0: With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quitgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.
1: Are you kidding me? You are looking long. Winning cures everything. Now for your hosts, Gary and Chris.
2: Welcome in, Winning Cures Everything. It is the Monday, August 2nd edition of the show. I'm Gary. I'm Chris. And man, do we have a lot to talk about today. Uh, first off, Chris, we can go well, I would assume? Yeah. All right. I'm right. good. good, man. So, I uh, I don't know about you. We, both of our wives are teachers. I've had to deal with setting up rooms and, and all that kind of mess for classrooms and everything for uh, the entire weekend. I mean, just bananas from Friday all the way until Sunday. So, I had to get caught up today. Uh, and I, I did get caught up, thanks to you uh, telling me some topics that we need to hit on, and we'll we'll discuss all those here in just a little bit, but my goodness, um, yes, fun, fun weekend, and hopefully everybody's Monday morning is going well. We'll start off. Uh, WinningCuresEverything.com is the website, of course, of course. The, today is is the first show in August. Go ahead and welcome a new uh, a new member to the site. BetUS.com is a new presenting sponsor. Um, they are fantastic. Go check them out. We don't have an ad read for yet, but BetUS.com, there will be a link in the description. You can go find that. Uh, easy to do. But, yes, WinningCuresEverything.com, BetUS, and SBRPicks.com slash NCAAF. Go ahead and check that out. Uh, the college football show over there, SBRPicks on YouTube. Very easy to find. Go and check it out. Now, now that all that is out of the way... Let's dive into some of the topics. Uh, the first thing I want to bring up, Texas and Oklahoma official to the SEC, 14-0 vote. Were you at all surprised that there was a 14-0 vote? No. Not, not in the slightest. Money wins over everything, right? <laughs> There's really nothing even to discuss with it, so we will uh, we will move on from there. But it is official. It is done. Realignment is officially upon us. 2025 is the date, or at least they say so. Uh, I would be shocked if they are not both in the league by 2023, And, honestly, I would be shocked if they're not in the league by 2022. So, that's the way that this is going to go down. There's going to be lawyers. There's going to be everything. So, next up, Chris, I know that you were happy with the signing, so I wanted to bring it up. Browns sign Nick Chubb. Three years at $36 million. What is it, $20 million guaranteed?
1: Yeah, $20 million guaranteed. uh, 36 point—I think it's $36.6 million um, total for three years. I think it's an unbelievable contract. So, I have— publicly stated on this show for a few years now that I would never, ever, ever, ever re-sign one of these big-time running backs. I would just draft another one. Over and over and over and over and over I've stated that fact. But that is because, let let me roll off the last few contracts. Ezekiel Elliott, six years, $90 million. Todd Gurley, four years, $60 million. Uh, the Christian McCaffrey deal, Uh, It was like four years, $66 million or something like that. Those are grossly exaggerated contracts that will really damage and cause issues to your salary cap numbers. You get somebody who's willing to take a contract for three years, $36 million and produce the way Chubb has produced for the Browns and what they project going forward. It's not a very long contract. Running backs lives don't last very long. This is about as team friendly a deal as you're going to get. I didn't foresee this happening because I feel like the life bread of running backs, their lifespan is just so short. They got to get as much money as they can. And if he was to hit the open market, he's going to get substantially more than this. Some dummy out there is giving him fifty to sixty million dollars. Yes, hundred percent. Okay. We look look at it all day long. It's it's so just,
2: it's it's a lot of money for a position that is not exactly uh, valued, right? No, like and, right. and the reason it's not valued is because there are a lot of people that can do what running backs do. It, there's a lot of athletes that can just be handed the football, and they can find a hole. Uh, but there are certain athletes, there are certain running backs that can do amazing things, right? We understand Christian McCaffrey, all that. The reason he got paid is because he acted more as a wide receiver than just a running back. However, the contract is still ridiculous when that is their right. their primary job, right? For Chubb, though, this is a good contract.
1: It's a good, good contract. contract for him. It's a good contract for the team. This is the best of all of the world's... Um, you know, it, it's a—it's not a big percentage of the cap, salary cap. The salary cap number we all assume is just going to go up every year for the next four to five years anyway, so it doesn't really matter. So, so percentage to the cap, it's going to actually get smaller and smaller. And then the last thing is, is if this guy lasts seven years in the league, at the end of this deal, it's a great deal. If he's still rocking and rolling and you can get an eighth deal out of him, eighth year out of him, you can franchise him and your franchise tag number is going to be somewhere around $15 million, probably maybe 17. And so at the end of this deal, you're going to have him for eight years, four of those on a rookie contract and the other four, he's going to get to make, you know, 60 million, no, not 60, uh, uh, 45 to $50 million, something like that, depending on what that cap number is. Um, uh, the franchise tag number is and 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 that's a good deal for him and that's also a good deal for the Browns yes you know and then I think after that he's either you know we got to see what kind of running back he is or if he has a life at that point in time in the game because so few running backs are going to last seven eight years they just aren't so
2: yeah no I think uh, I think you are a hundred percent correct so yeah it's uh it's a good deal and and we'll see exactly how it goes I mean he's he's still kind of young so it uh I, I think it will pay off it's only twenty million guaranteed. It's not the full thirty-six. So oh, no. Yeah. You, you have a helps. couple of bad years. Okay. The other that's thing good. is is
1: they have the luxury of doing this because they have Kareem Hunt on an absolute steal of a deal this year. So so that allows them. And because Hunt has been there the last couple of years, he doesn't have to take the brunt of the carries. So like other people would point and say, Well, the reason those other running backs got the contracts they got is because they're true three down backs. They're on the field constantly. I say that's actually not good value though like i give me two guys that make up the 60 million over 4 years over one guy that makes 60 million because one guy just physically can't do the job day in and day out week in and week out in the NFL consistently they get hurt too easily at the running back position and we see it happen all the time so if you can split that 60 million between him and Hunt over the 4 years now we're having a different conversation you get an elite level running back at at a great price, and you've got the 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 padded um, buffer of of having having some security with it being two of them instead of one of them. Hundred
2: percent, hundred percent. Now, we we say that that is a good deal. I know one that already looks like it probably was not a good deal, and that would be Carson Wentz, who has already been injured in Colts training camp. Uh, obviously, everybody remembers. What happened with him with the Philadelphia Eagles? Multiple injuries throughout his tenure there. Was not very good at the end of his, uh, his tenure. And now, you know, they're, they're trying to figure out this weekend. Let me, let me pull up exactly what it says. Uh, the question is when Carson Wentz will be able to get back on the field after suffering a foot injury, and the answer may not be known for a while. Uh, word from the team on Saturday... There is no timetable. Ian Rapoport of NFL Media reports that the initial treatment plan won't bring one into focus for a bit. Reports that Wentz is going to rest on his foot and do other rehab work over the next few days rather than have surgery. If all goes well, Wentz could be able to play in the season opener. If not, surgery will be back on the table and an operation is expected to keep him out for the start of the regular season. The reason this is kind of a big deal for the Eagles, which you wouldn't think would even be involved in this situation, they've wiped their hands of him, if Wentz plays 75% of the offensive snaps this regular season, the Eagles get a first-round pick. Right. Or or if he plays 70% and the Colts make the playoffs. If they – or if he doesn't, if he's injured for however long or they don't make the playoffs or whatever,
1: the Eagles get a second-round pick. It's kind of a big deal. Like yeah, it's that's, a big deal like, to the Eagles. Even at a second-round pick, I told you this was a wasted asset. This was a bad – this was a bad trade. I – that we make no bones about this. I I have no idea. I, I cannot explain where where Carson Wentz's unbelievable four months came from a couple of years back, okay, where he was the best quarterback in the league. It I can't was his sophomore that. season. Yeah I, yeah, I can't. He didn't look like that before then, the year before, and he hadn't looked close to that since. And it hasn't always been due to injury because there have been weeks and, and, and seasons where he was perfectly healthy, and he was just really bad at football. Let okay. me
2: let me tell you where and I think. I
1: can explain to that team. Okay. Is that team is the team that won the Super Bowl. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That team was an absolutely loaded team. And it's one of those cases where you have a great play caller in Frank Wright, who understands if all the other pieces are available for us to be elite, I can take almost any quarterback and I can and I can be really good to great with them. And we saw that with what he did when Carson went out, Nick Foles comes in and Foles then looks almost, he doesn't have, he didn't have the athletic ability that Wentz had, but the offense missed zero beats, zero beats. They scored 41 points points? on the Patriots. Yeah. So why? Yeah. Why? They didn't punt. They didn't punt. Why the, I think they punted once. Yeah. (laughs) Why on earth, there was a Patriots that didn't punt punt and still lost. Uh, why you would be willing to give up a second-round pick for this guy? I don't understand. Just go find 10 other guys that are just as good as him, if not better. That doesn't make any sense to me. Now, from the Colts' perspective, let's – let's. now, this is a couple of different coaches. I'm assuming a couple of different medical staffs through here, but I don't know the answer to this. Let me give you a rundown of the Colts. Colts were unsure, unsure of Peyton Manning's neck injury, not – Not sure when he would play in 2011. He missed the entire season. Uh, Unsure of how bad the shoulder injury was for Andrew Luck in 2017. Missed the entire season. Uh, Unsure of how bad Andrew Luck's ankle injury was in 2019. He retired. He just didn't, he just quit playing. Now, unsure of Carson Wentz's availability and how bad this injury is. Every time it seems to be really bad. The the answer from the Colts, the response from the Colts is, is we can't tell how bad it is.
2: <laughs> we, we, we don't know. Really know. Hands in the air. We There's don't a
1: world where know. Carson Wentz <laughs> doesn't take a snap for this football team ever. <laughs> and they're going to give a second-round pickup for that. And, hell, here's the sad thing. They might end up giving up a first-round pick because if they make a trade for a, a, a Mariota, holy crap, man, what are we talking about? Like, Mariota is, I think, a, a substantial upgrade from Carson Wentz right now. All right. I don't know that he's great, but I'd like to see him in this offense under Frank Wright's system. Yes, most certainly. Now, to get Mariota, you're going to give up another asset. So, to get to basically to get your starting quarterback for this year, if they go that route, by the way, I'm just, I'm just spitballing of a name of a backup that, that might be feasible that somebody might want to go get that actually has some playoff experience. Marcus Mariota is going to cost you at minimum a third. So yes, if you make the playoffs, and I think this team could make the playoffs if they had Marcus Mariota, Mar- you're giving up a first and a third to, to, to solve your quarterback situation. And even then, year. it's not really
2: solved because is right. Mariota really your long-term guy? No I don't
1: he's, think he's so. Not, he's not, do you think – because I think this Colts team is really good. I think they are a quarterback away from being special. So now, do you hand the keys to something this special? To a Jacob Eason? Well, that's that's what I was
2: gonna say. Their second, uh, their their next in line is Jacob Easton, Third is Brett Hundley, and then they got Sam Ellinger back there. Well, bringing
1: Brett Hundley I ain't gonna help anything. That and was I mean, Saming. Sam, Sam Ellinger Elger and Brett Hundley yeah. are the same guy. It, it, I don't know why they bought Hundley in. I and just don't.
2: and Eason has as much NFL experience as the other two.
1: Well, I yeah, mean, I just assu- I have I have an assumption that Eason's better than those two, but I don't know. I don't like, know that. We never saw it. Like it was- <laughs> He had a better – I think he had a better college pedigree, and that's the only reason I have that expectation. But that,
2: that's the thing. His college pedigree was not
1: that good. He transferred from Georgia to – But he, uh, but he, he only transferred from Georgia because Georgia went and got, like, the three best quarterbacks in, 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 in like, well, a no, year. No,
2: he, he transferred uh, from Georgia because Jake Fromm took them to the national championship stop. that year because he got injured in the first game. Uh, but, that's what but, but his his one season at Georgia that he played the full season, uh, they went eight and five. They weren't great. He he couldn't decide what to do with the ball. And then he transfers yeah, to Washington. But, okay. He was,
1: and, and he he was played, really he, young then. Yeah. I don't know if that was his fault. I don't know if those Washington teams were great.
2: I, no, they weren't. And that was the thing. like the, his He was still a was not-
1: five-star quarterback coming out of high school. One of the best quarterbacks in the country coming out of high school. You know, he lost his job to Fromm, but that wasn't that wasn't getting Steve's death. That's another guy that was also the number one quarterback in high school that year. So he, so I don't
2: think like Eason is is just a question mark, right? Like he's got the arm strength, he's got all that. Like what can he turn into? Carson Wentz. I I will tell you this. I was trying to interrupt you earlier. I apologize for that. But the reason, the reason why. I believe Carson Wentz had so much success that second season is one Frank Reich, like you said, and that's who he's going to work with. But also, it, people had not really had an opportunity to scout him once he got that Reich offense down, right? That, it, and, and we've seen it over and over and over again. You have guys that are incredible, like the first year, second year, whatever, and then you see the drop-off. And after the drop-off, it is really difficult to pick it back up. Like, you can have a great year, every once in a while there was also
1: a talent drop off on that team that's happened yeah. in the super bowl most of the times anyway what the tampa bay did this year is, is abnormal what the patriots have done all these years is abnormal every year a team wins the super bowl and then they get gutted like a fish okay like so many teams a you you, you made moves to bring in rentals and you have a lot of guys that are coming up on getting some big money because they just won the Super Bowl, and so you, in, in a hard salary cap season, you just got to let them go, and that's what happened to that. Outside of the quarterback position, look at that Eagles team from the year they won to the year they didn't. From a talent perspective, it it went off a damn cliff. Okay, yes. not not close. So now Carson has to now go from driving this car that is a perfectly engineered machine, and he loses the head engineer in Frank Wright to driving a car that doesn't have close to the abilities and he's got a new play caller that no matter who it is, it's not Frank, Wright. Yes. If you're not a Kyle Shanahan, a, a Sean McVay, a Frank, Wright Kind of guy. That's, that's a, that's a big drop off. Those yes. guys are the best play callers in football. You know, an Andy Reid, a and Sean Payton, these guys have been around forever. Josh McDaniel been doing it for a long time. If you're not one of those guys, everybody else is a cliff compared to compared to what we've seen right be yes a hundred percent hundred percent I found it just so maddening that they would trade a major asset for a guy I don't think they need it I think they could have gotten I I think they could have traded the third round pick uh, the third yeah the third round pick for for Mariota before they went and got Carson and would have been in a better spot yes yes still an injury prone guy though so that doesn't solve the problem of yeah, he but could you, have gotten hurt in the same training camp, just the same. But you got to pay the, less. Now they're trading another asset. Yeah, you got to pay I less just, though. I just think one guy's better than the other.
2: Wentz's contract is absurd. Mariota's is
1: not. The the difference, oh yeah, they yeah, they're still paying a lot for for Wentz, even though the Eagles are eating a lot of that contract. They're not eating all of it.
2: Nope, they sure are not. Sure are not. Um, you brought up to me the Cleveland situation. This is, we're swapping over to Major League Baseball now. The Cleveland Guardians found themselves in a bit of an issue due to the team name. Apparently, there was already a Cleveland Guardians team, and they knew nothing about it. So what has happened that I have read, and I'll, I'll let you dive in here momentarily, but I read about the roller derby team that apparently did not have the name trademarked, but had, like, copyrights on it and all this they put in a trademark for it July 27th. It's in the same time frame that the Cleveland Indians put in their U.S. trademark, but the Cleveland Indians put in their trademark, their initial trademark, in some island somewhere, like a uh, an offshore spot. They put in their initial emergency trademark for the Cleveland Guardians' name back on April 8th. So, I think they're probably going to win this in court, but it has not been all peaches and everything. They were already going to deal with the backlash from the name change anyway, but now you've got a whole different subset of people that were like, wait, are this roller derby team in Cleveland that's been here forever has had the Cleveland guardians name for a long time.
1: What the hell are y'all doing? Tell me, tell me what you got going on here. <laughs> so I find, I find this to be funny. What we're going to, we're going to learn a little bit about the owners here and, and about the people that are running the Indians. Or the Guardians? Well, yeah, they're, they're the Whatever Indians they right now. Yeah. I mean, this year they're still the Indians, so yeah. I'm going to call them that. Okay, their name's going <laughs> to be changed. Here, we're going to learn a little bit about them, and it's one of two things: either, either somebody is very inept and an idiot, or someone is a just a huge asshole. Okay, and they're just going to throw money around and they're going to bully somebody out of something. Okay. This is, I think those are the only two options. What, what if they're both? No, I don't, I don't think they're both by the way. I don't think they're both. Um, I don't know why, maybe just my hope for mankind that you shouldn't be this stupid and evil. Well, I I,
2: I look at it this way. I think that they are going to, uh, bully this team around and they are going to take the guardian's name. They are going to take the trademark because they've already made this huge presentation, they don't want to look like fools. Because the majority oh, they're of the public, the like, doesn't. They're going to get the
1: name. I think the name's going to cost them something, though. Okay, I think it's going to cost them something. Now, I listened to a a a podcast put on by a guy named Mark Garagos. Mark Garagos is, you know, a big shot attorney. He, you know, he he defends a lot of hateful ass people that people hate, but yep. that's because he's yep. one of the best attorneys in the country. Um, and, and he he has a podcast called Re- Reasonable Doubt, and they basically talk about the most interesting cases. He brought up these three options, right? If you're the Indians and you're rich, and this is a men's roller derby league, which has to be nothing at all. Um, these are your three options. Your your option A is to negotiate with the roller derby team and pay them some sort of money so, so you're not fighting this in court because fighting this in court could hurt you. I think he thinks fighting it in court is would hurt their image to a point that while the financial assets you put out in the front are going to grossly be outweighed by the back end backlash that you're going to pay in the back end. Okay, you're going to lose so much goodwill beating up your billionaire, and you're going to beat up on this little little team. You're just going to steal something from. All right. Yeah. So, so your option is to buy, pay pay them directly for their name, or if you think there's any marketing possibilities whatsoever for about the same price that you could buy them off, depending on how hardball they play, you could just buy the roller derby league. <laughs> you just buy the league because the league can't be worth a lot of money, right? Right. Like what? Right. You, I, like, and he didn't throw any numbers, but a, a ro- if, if we get to seven figures now, you could just buy the league, right? Like if they if they want a million dollars, they want to split a million dollars. I don't know how many people own the the league or the the team and the team name, but You know, who would get the money? Is it can't be all the players, it could be just a few people that started the team, I guess. But depending on how hardball they play, just buy the league, or the best option for him would be, and then you force them to change their name, or you allow them to keep the name. You both have the same name, but you get all the trade right stuff because you own the league. You can kind of do what you want with that. Yeah. And your last option is you can work out a sponsorship deal. Okay. This can't be a league that makes a lot of money. And so instead of me shelling out seven figures for this thing, let, let's work out a thing where I sponsor and support the league for a couple of years, try to help you guys generate fan base, money, revenue, whatever, to grow the league. I don't have to own the damn thing. I don't have to run or operate it. I'm not going to buy it and then dissolve it just so I can get the name, but I, I'll sponsor it. But in, in my supporting this, if you really love roller derby and it means that much to you, you're going to give me the trademark to the name without me having to fight you in court for it. So I think those are some options. I I think the last option would be the best for the team and the owner. I think all the other two are the best for the roller derby guys, uh, but but maybe not. I mean, maybe not. There's, there might be enough people in Cleveland that if they play too hardballish, they all say, "Look, man, you're sitting on a lottery ticket. Cash your damn lottery ticket, but don't be a dick, right?" Yeah, like we. We just want this to end and don't embarrass the team. Don't embarrass the city any more than it is. My question doesn't come into how they address it. My question comes into who writes that check. So let's say you're a billionaire owner of the Indians. Okay. You know, you're going through the name change. You didn't personally do this. You hired a marketing firm. You hired trademark lawyers. You hired all kinds of people, right? One of these sons of bitches didn't do a Google search to see is this name already out there? And what do we need to do to either go get it before we release it or handle all of You could have still kept the Guardians even if you found it. But before you ever release it, you got to go find this team. It's easier to buy them off, you know, beforehand on the front end than it is on the back end, right? It, yes, yes. You, you, you and I have had experience. Like, you take one of those departments write this check? I, I hired would. you to do a job. And you cocked this up so bad,
0: they are paying for yeah, this.
1: That's what I would do. I would do. So, somebody's losing their job, or oh, a BP. lot of people are losing their job. But I'm making yeah. them pay the bill before they lose their job. Like I, you know, this is this is an insane thing. Or it was a thing where they saw, they knew it. There was a. T- this is where you're going to find out evil or or idiot. Okay, God, that could be a segment on a damn talk show. Uh, <laughs> Let me try throw Porno. that in. We might e throw that e in e M- on Tuesdays. PM. even already Uh, that's, that's, that's owned by us. Um, <laughs> I'm writing it down I, right now. <laughs> I want to, like, if they knew about the Guardians and they saw it wasn't trademarked, and so they just went around, went ahead, filled all this paperwork out, got it trademarked really fast, and then released it. And then this whole thing came out, and they were like, well, we're just crushing these guys in court. We don't ever have to pay them dick. We don't care. We that's a shitty way to go about it. Yes. Like, that's a real shitty way. Like, why would they have trademarked this name? They named themselves something that, like, they never thought anybody would ever name anything. But they got a website. They got a Twitter handle. Like, they got all this stuff, and they run this little-ass league. But come on, man. Like, this, this is a bunch of dudes that, that do roller derby. You're going to bully them? Like, that's a problem I'm going to have Is is – if you're a moron and nobody did a Google search, people need to be fired. And and the people that need to be fired also need to pay a brunt of this deal. Like I'm not paying this marketing bill that I hired you to do this job. Um, or I'm gonna sue you for money back on it. But you can't bully the roller derby guys. Yeah, you, no. you just you just can't. And if that was your plan all along, then you're a piece of shit.
2: That's that's what I was saying. Can they be incompetent and evil at the same time? No, they, I don't, I don't that, think that. Well, I think, I think incompetence led to this, and if they just push them over, then that kind of helps with the evil part, right? Like, it, we, we have experience with people that don't do Google searches for very simple things, right? Uh, so we, we understand how frustrating that can be, and I can only imagine, as the billionaire owner of a baseball team, you hire a team to do one job. Yep. And this is what ends up happening. I, I don't even know where to start with
1: it. I mean, no, this, this is, is a, this, yeah, this is a burning people to the ground situation. This is a, if I have to buy the, the, the marketing firm that does this, that like did this and then fire all these people. That's what I <laughs> like. Like I can't just fire the firm because then all these people that did this, they still get to keep their jobs where they're at. No, 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 no. You've embarrassed me on a level where I'm buying your company and I'm shipping you all out. Like just get out of here. This like, is this the is, Ari
2: Gold thing in Entourage, right? Where he comes right. in with the paintball yeah, no, gun. and
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this this is a this is a gods to go situation, right? Oh no. God, this,
2: I, this we, is, need this we need to make those shirts. Uh, we need to make those gots to go situation shirts. Like that's uh, yeah. hang on now,
1: I can't. I, we can't make that. That's a that is a Mike Wilbon thing. That's a Tony Kornheiser thing. Those two guys say that all the time. We we can't steal it and then make a shirt for it. You don't think we could put a WCE logo on that? You think they got that trademark? Oh, that's fine. I don't care. You've been now saying, you've been saying it so much. Everything everything else that we say. That we've made shirts on we've said and i That's haven't true. heard anybody else say it i like the but evil or idiot. steal something you're from somebody else then <laughs> then i i feel a little immoral putting our trademark on it evil or idiot i, I would like to <laughs> I, i'm definitely more idiot than evil um i don't know i'm an asshole but i don't know that i'm evil there's uh, a difference
2: well no i think it's i think it's fine i think you're fine. Um we have got a couple more topics to hit before we do our AMC AM. East discussion. The Olympics. The United States, as it sits currently, is... Oh, we got an echo again. I don't know what
1: happened. I didn't touch anything. Everything on my side is the exact same, and you sound the exact same.
2: Well, ah, who knows? Who knows? It's, it's fine, I guess. For now. Oh, no.
1: Well, you don't sound the same.
2: Oh, I don't sound the same? No, you're echoing.
1: Anyway, keep talking. Right. You're fine. Let's just keep rolling. <laughs> All
2: right. Here we go. Uh, the Olympics. The And so you asked me earlier, have I gotten into it a little bit? Yeah, a little bit, as a matter of fact. The swimming stuff, like, that is the sport that, for whatever reason, has attracted me back to the Olympics. Over the weekend, I guess it was Friday afternoon, night, whatever it was, I started seeing stuff on Twitter about it. Pulled up the old Peacock TV thing. Watched, not all of it, obviously, but a good portion of it. Katie Ledecky swam. Ryan Murphy, part of the medley. uh, The relay races. Uh, Caleb. Uh, what's it uh, Dressel, Dressel? Yeah. All right. Yeah. So I, I watched. I enjoyed the swimming so far. That has been my I think biggest. Swimming's thing. the
1: most visually appealing thing to watch outside of gymnastics. Yes. Yes, I think, I think so. I think it's. I think to the eye, and, and the same for gymnastics. And I think it's got something to do with the, the sea of blue. Maybe I'm I wrong. Think, I it's think just, so. It's very easy on the eyes. It's very uh comforting. I, I think when I watch, like, track and field or most of the outdoor stuff, like, that brown, I think if they ran on, like, a blue track, I think it would be softer on the eyes than that, like, like burnt clay yes. looking track. Like, yes. I, we know that the track is not, like, burnt clay. They're not running on clay core. They're, they're running on, like, a probably a synthesized asphalt, right? Yeah. I would, I would assume. So you can make that any color you want. Man, I think that 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 burnt clay color is just harsh on my eyes. I never find it appealing at all. I think watching the swimming, the diving, and and the gymnastics is so easy, and I think it's because the backdrop behind it, or in what they're working on, is just softer to watch.
2: Yes, yeah, I, I tend to agree. I think it is. It, it's the same reason why people like to go to the beach for vacation, right? You like the the scene, you like the sound, you like it's calming, it's relaxing. Swimming. I, I'm not like super tensed up when I'm watching it. I'm just oh, enjoying. Got, it. When it gets close when it gets, it gets to the gets end, tight. yes. Yeah. But like the the race for the for the beginning portion and, and through the middle, perfectly fine. Love that. The did you see the Twitter stuff about David Blau, the quarter uh, backup quarterback for the Lions, and his wife was running yeah, the I hurdles. I watched it. I check that out. I think yeah. one day. It, That's awesome. Fantastic. Absolutely loved that. Uh, the Bucks have got uh, one of one of the guys' wives is. Doing something in the Olympics, and, and they're all sitting in the training room and watching. And what this has been a lot of fun to watch people's reactions to it at home. Uh, Suni Lee, is that the the gymnast name um, that that won for gold for the all around? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, her story. Dan Wetzel's column on that. Like I, these are the stories that have brought me back in. I have enjoyed this.
1: Well, like, I think it helps. It helps that you and I have gotten like like I I love I love Pat Forty. I love Dan Wetzel. Wetzel's my favorite sports writer, right now, maybe of all time. I'd uh, I'd, I, I'd guess of all time. I I I love listening to these guys. I love reading their stuff. I follow them on Twitter. They tell they tell the story of sports in a way in which I find easy to read for somebody who struggles to read, but but also just I I really enjoy their coverage of the Olympics. I mean, I watch the events that I know they're covering because I want to know what I'm reading. I want to have already seen what what I'm reading about so I can read how they saw the story differently. Hey, my wife,
2: so you bring that up, right? My wife explained to me, so we talked about it, I guess it was on the the Friday morning show? I guess it was. Probably. We we talked about how I had not been able to get into the Olympics for whatever reason. It might have been the Tuesday live show. Either way, she mentioned to me, I think the reason that you can't get into it is the Olympics have always been a human interest story. It hasn't always been sports for for guys like me because I am so knee-deep in football and, and these other sports that when the Olympics come around, these are sports that I don't know that much about. So, I'm oh, yeah. really watching... Well,
1: I, I definitely don't know anything right.
2: about it. and So, I'm watching for the human interest side. I am rooting for a particular person. I'm rooting for the country. I'm rooting for whatever... And this year, because there's been no audience, because there's been no parents there, because there's been no whatever, we've seen an influx of that here lately. And I think that that's kind of brought me into the fold a little more. And it it changed things for me when I started reading these stories that have started coming out in the last, you know, three days or whatever it is, that I now have some kind of a connection to it. I've got a rooting interest. I've got a reason to be excited about this. And I think that that changed things a little bit. This is about the strange getting
1: these stories now is because those events are are over, yeah, as of right now. Like they've, they've, they have been completed and so they're writing about the, the winners of those stories and their story. Like when the thing starts, they don't know who to pick to write about outside of the stars because they don't know who's gonna win. and and you can't write about everybody, so they just write a little bit about everybody but that doesn't pique your interest and that is that's why you got to watch yeah but then at the end then they get to tell you a great story because they have the ending
2: yeah at that point they have the ending in the past the way that it worked was you found the most interesting story leading up to it but now with no family there no interaction but between I think we these
1: we still had those no if you still watched you had all those stories
2: Say, see, I'd, yeah, There's I didn't watch of. that. I'm, I'm talking about just reading and and whatnot. There wasn't a I whole mean, Wetzel
1: lot. Wetzel and it. Pat had all those, you know. All they, the yeah, they that had they some. covered. Yeah, a couple of other folks that they they that are out there had had, had all that stuff. So, you know, I, I don't know. I, I'm glad you got into it. I'm I'm you know we're now into the track and field part. I'm super interested because LSU's got a lot of track and field guys. Yes, out yes, they year. do. Like they've already won uh, gold in in, um, in pole vault. Um, you know, in – in and. It's just they're they're gonna win a lot of medals, and that's you know that's got a lot of interest for me.
2: So the United States the medal count, as it sits, the United States leads fifty nine to fifty one over China. Uh, but that's as far close. as gold medals go, China's up twenty four to twenty on the U S. Yeah,
1: no, and they're gonna win some more. I think I don't know that diving is done, but they're gonna, they're gonna oh sweep they're all the yeah. diving they're gonna they're gonna, they're gonna win, gonna sweep they're gonna win gold and silver I think in all the diving events. Yep. Um, if if that's not already over by the time we. have talked about this when it comes out monday i don't know if it'll be done or not yeah um but no so so that's so they're gonna they're gonna go up even more which is fine this is one of those years where we we're, we're just we're not gonna run away with everything that's okay it doesn't mean that it's not fun i watched the 100 meter dash for the women yesterday last night like that was fun and jamaica swept all right i you know i'd like to seen our girl run she didn't she didn't get to go that's fine See in four years, maybe she'll be there. Maybe she'll kick somebody's ass. I don't know that she'll win gold, because yeah. those girls from Jamaica are out of this world. Really good, out of this world. <laughs> but, but, you know, they swept. They swept. I don't know that they would have swept. She'd have been there.
2: I, I tend maybe to I'm agree. Wrong. I tend to agree.
0: You have one unheard message. <phone rings>
2: The NCAA has set a timetable uh, for a dramatic overhaul of how it governs collegiate athletics. Now, this is a fairly big story. Uh, Obviously, we're swapping off of Olympics here. But it's a massive story. You and I have talked about this forever, about restructuring the NCAA. We've talked about just doing away with it, period.
1: Yeah, I was about to say, I didn't use the word restructure, though.
2: Yeah, you you said throw them off a cliff, I think. (laughs) But... What they are going to do, they have called a meeting for November for collegiate presidents, chancellors, com- conference commissioners, et cetera. The NCAA is going to, and I quote, reimagine how it manages the needs oh, of its I more than four hundred and fifty thousand athletes. But this we talked the about all
1: the time. <laughs> We talked about Mark Emmert. Saying Do you that, think anybody hey, wait, wait, wait. do you okay. think anybody ever imagined like the NCAA and what it was supposed to be?
2: I think they imagined it way different when it was first founded. And well, yeah, now it just it was, grew. it was
1: it was there strictly for the safety and protection of the student athletes, correct?
2: That's exactly what it that started was, that out was as.
1: Was its only entity was to So that's how it was imagined. Yes. Now we're going to now reimagine it. Dude, it has evolved to a point where it's so far removed from what it was originally started as to say that you're now going to reimagine it is an insult to all of the people that have been hurt by the NCAA yes
2: yes so uh, this meeting will be a massive massive thing we are edging ever it's awesome. closer
1: She's so I'm so glad. I'm so glad they're going to do this in November. Right at the holidays, right when all of these, A, college football is at its apex. Okay? So nobody's busy then. None of these president draft flag directors are, are going to be doing anything at that time. No one's getting ready for their school to go on, holiday to do finals, and then to go on holidays. No, but no time like November to do this. Okay? Well, so, I, nobody's hold doing on. shit in February, by hold, the way.
2: Hold on, hold on. Hold on. Here we go. This is... This is just a meeting to discuss what to recommend to the board of the NCAA in January. If this when the a actual Zoom,
1: if, if this isn't a Zoom meeting, then I got problems, but go ahead. <laughs> I tend to agree with you. but They're all going to fly a charter somewhere. Oh,
2: yeah. And they'll meet somewhere they have and, their... and have steaks and everybody yep. spend a— uh, ass ton of money, and it's just going to be ridiculous, I'm sure. It's
1: all taxpayers' money, by the way. Let's remember yes. this. That, yes. that's all, these are all state schools except for a few private schools. So all of those people, plain private jet, and all that, it's all taxpayers' dollars. Yes.
2: So the the official vote will be in January because that is when they meet to do the actual voting for the things that change over. Remember, we talked about how NIL would go into effect in January of this year, and it didn't. Because they ended up not voting on it. They decided to shelve it for whatever purpose. But either way, this is a meeting to figure out how to restructure the NCAA. We are getting ever closer to the big-time power football schools pulling away from the rest of Division One, the rest of the FBS. And I think that's going to be one of the biggest things. They They have talked openly. And one of the quotes was talking about how we can't say that... An Alabama football player is the same as a, a Binghamton, you know, soccer player. Cross player. Like, yeah, it, it's not player. the same thing. You can't say that they're all equal. We have to find a way to restructure this, blah, 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 blah. They have talked about the Power Five moving away in football. I don't know if it's going to be for football and basketball or just all of the power sports,
1: whatever. Well, I think the NCAA is going to fight like hell to keep basketball. probably.
2: I mean, they, they need that's to. That's the biggest money maker.
1: Yeah. If they don't keep basketball, the Mark Emmert salary goes from two million dollars a year to a couple hundred grand a year. Yeah. maybe, maybe a yeah. hundred grand a year. Well, because like, all the
2: TV deals are, are ripped up at that point.
1: Yeah, you know,
2: I mean, what we that's enjoy their only source of income. Yes. So I, this there will be something here, and my imagination is running with football. They are going to divide the big time schools in football from the smaller schools. Now, what size are the smaller schools? Does that mean the AAC schools, who only bring in a a certain amount of TV revenue? I don't know. Does it mean that they are going to move away from the MAC and Conference USA because they only bring in, like, $400,000 in media rights deals every year? I don't know. But November is going to be a massive, massive meeting to figure out exactly what goes on. There's, There's no real... There's no real information. Uh, here's here's what we found from the Mid-American Conference Commissioner, John Steinbrecher. Uh, he said, It's evident we're going to take a, a hard look at the structure and governance of the association and have a discussion about values and a discussion of goals. We've talked about modernization of the rules. Well, perhaps it's time to modernize the association. So, here we go. Uh, Emmert said, I think it's really the shifting legal environment, the economic environment, the political environment, all of that, that creates this opportunity in a lot of ways to stop and erase the blackboard and draw a new chart again. And that's a really, really powerful opportunity that can't be wasted. So, here we go. We got more change. We got more things coming. And who knows what this one is going to turn out to be. The committee for this will be appointed in August after every division nominates candidates. You you know who the the typical guys are going to be, right? It's, It's the ones from... Uh, the big time schools. You are going to have Greg Sankey involved, the commissioner of the SEC. You are going to have probably John Steinbrecher from the uh, uh, excuse me the MAC. Uh, you you'll just have the typical bunch that are recommended, and then they will be appointed to be members of this meeting, and we'll go from there. So it's uh it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting. So
1: so the problem that I have, my fear of this, it's really easy to say the Alabama football players shouldn't be treated like the Binghamton lacrosse player. They should be treated different. That makes sense to me. I'm not going to argue that. I do not believe that the Alabama football players should be treated any different than the University of Ohio football player. I I to agree. This is the difference of they're going to make rules and they're going to use extremes as your example, but they're not going to use your gray areas as example, because they're going to cut those off at the head. Yes. That's, that's my problem with what I I'm, preparing myself for them to go do. Yes.
2: Yes. That's
1: it. It's, 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 everybody in the country says that makes sense. That makes sense. Alabama, Binghamton, you know, football, soccer, the, they shouldn't be the same. They're not the same. What are we talking about? But nobody, nobody's going to say Alabama, Ohio. Nobody's going to say that. Yeah, and because one of those is in the gray area. That's where we actually are going to have the problem is nobody's going to say Alabama, Memphis. No one's going to say Notre Dame, UCF. Like, that's that's where we're going to have the issues, and that's a problem. Or Tulsa, or any other school that's not a big-boy school, but they still put the majority of the percentage of their resources into football. My issue shouldn't be a dollar amount of what you put into football. If you're going to pull them, it should be a percentage of your income. Yes. It should be a percentage of your revenue. Because if you look at Appalachia State, I bet they put a bigger percentage of money into football than most of the SEC schools because basketball, baseball, track and field, all the girls' sports in those same areas all cost more money than anything Bigum, uh, you know, Appalachia State does. Yes. Yes. So that's a very good point it, by you. Percentage of revenue, that should matter more than total dollars because they don't have the total dollars. So you can't say Alabama spends more than App State on football than App State spends as a university as a whole for academics, athletics and everything else involved that you can't compare those two. But I I do like that point a bigger percentage or a comparable percentage on football. Then it shouldn't matter. Then they should be treated the exact same. Yes. I, and I like that's that. what has I like that. to happen.
2: I I tend to agree. We'll see what happens in November. Now, I would you this, I, I don't know what they're going to be. Zero do.
1: people. There are zero people in that room, and there are zero sports writers ever going to bring that up unless they listen to this show because nobody ever. I've followed sports for so long. Nobody ever brings up the equity in what the little guys put into being good. Well, we we've seen Memphis, it firsthand
2: Memphis. with Memphis, right? Yeah, Tombo Memphis and Memphis is not
1: yeah. a. A, a a very rich school at all.
2: No, but a, the AD, Tom Bowen, that came over from San Jose State, you remember when uh, Mike McIntyre was, it became the Colorado head coach? Well, McIntyre yes. had San Jose State rolling once oh. upon a time. Like, it really led them to a 10-2 season, all that. They had never done that at San Jose. The AD that got him there was Tom Bowen, so then Memphis hires him away, and poof, magically, Justin Fuente is actually hired before Bowen is hired you got two seasons where Memphis is not very good. Third season, skyrocket, ten wins, all that good stuff. Fuente ends up taking the Virginia Tech job. Mike Norvoca, It doesn't matter who the coach is now because the infrastructure right. has been built there and they are putting in. And they're continuing
1: in, to put resources exactly. into
2: exactly. They understand football is the front porch. They,
1: they're not, they're not and that was a that was a let's give, let's give credit to the man that made that happen, by the way. That is John Calperi said if you want to compete in basketball, you have to be great at football. Yes. Because I can't make enough money for this school for us to be great in basketball because basketball doesn't make it. You have to go make the millions of dollars in football. So we can put a f- a few hundred K to a million in basketball. Yes. That's where the money has to come from. So go there, leave me alone. A gets out of his hair and B it puts the Otis on making the money on someone else, which all of that was genius. Uh, But that was it. If you look at Memphis's percentage of athletic budget, so much more goes to football than anything else. And, yes, Ole Miss is the same way, and all these other schools are the same way. But they should all be treated the same based on how much of the money they actually have to work with. Yes. It shouldn't matter how much money you have. It should be how much money do you have to work with, what are you giving to football. Yeah, I like that. I like that a lot. That's all I want. I want to spread that word as wide as I can spread it.
2: I, I like it. It's a very, a very very valid point. Very valid. You ready to move into the AFC East? Come on. Let's do it. All right, we're going to start off. These are our AFC East previews. Odds, of course, presented by BetUS. Uh, we did the NFC East on the Friday show. Now, of course, Monday, we're knocking out the AFC East. We are starting with the Buffalo Bills. And go ahead and tell you win total sits at 10 and a half to go over is minus 160 to go under plus 130 of course again you can find these odds over at betus.com to win the division they are number 1 in this division minus 150 they are the sizable favorite here to win the AFC plus 500 that's number 2 to win the playoff or to enter the playoffs to make the playoffs they are minus 400 for yes plus 300 for no they are projected favorites in 15 games and their projected strength of schedule based on win totals, which, of course, you can find in Warren Sharp's book. Number nine, the ninth, uh, the ninth toughest schedule in the NFL this year. Uh, the win total has gone over for them three of the last four years. They have covered against the spread over 60% in McDermott's three winning seasons there. I remember, he had a, a not-so-good season a couple of years ago, but he has he's had a winning season three out of four years now. It. The offense coordinator Brian Dable, uh, the number two EPA offense in the NFL last season. That's pretty good. That's pretty good considering he had a quarterback that everybody thought couldn't hit the broadside of a barn. But you know, you bring in stuff on and you get that thing rolling, and all of a sudden that offense is almost unstoppable. Uh, they brought in Emmanuel Sanders and Matt Breida. Uh, I don't know if those two are. I think that they're valuable pieces on the back end of your of your depth chart, on the back you know uh, the back end of your uh, uh, roster or whatever. But uh, I don't know how much of a massive difference they're going to make. They brought basically everybody back on offense and defense. They did draft defensive ends Greg Russo and Carlos Basham. Uh, they, the defense was already pretty good. They ended the season number one in DVOA. They had almost no injury issues last year. Uh, they went 5-1 and one in one-score games last year. And uh, Josh Allen, uh, my question for this season is, is he really as good as he was last year? Last year was a strange year all across the board, was what we saw real with him, or was he more like what we've seen in the past? I think that's gonna be the biggest factor in whether or not they go over this ten and a half what uh what are your thoughts on the bills?
1: I got the over. I got the over with the bills. I like the bills. I think they're a really good football team. They're one of the two teams that I think have a chance to win this conference um, to win this division. Uh, there's a there's a couple of things that you read off stats for that scare me a little, okay? And that is, and there and there and there's things that you can't control. By the way, there's and there are things that you absolutely cannot predict. Five and one in one score games. I assume there's going to be some regression there. Yes. Okay. Because I've watched football for a really long time. Now, does that mean they're going to end up a shit football team? No. No. That just means sometimes of the ball being five and yeah. one in football. It, it, you know, you get three and three. Like yeah, three and three. That's, that's two extra losses that you're not accounting for. And the other thing, this is the most important thing. They had virtually no injury issues. To do that two years in a row, really, really tough. man, just really tough. And depending on the pieces, now if you have a bunch of offensive linemen injuries, but they've built a lot of depth at the offensive line or defensive or something like that, in non-key positions, then it might not affect the be, you know, it might, it might affect a game or two, which, which would still have me being willing to go over on, yes. their, on their 10 and a half number. All right. My, my, my theory is, is if it happens to key players, if it happens at key positions, heaven forbid something happened to Josh Allen or digs. Now it's, now it's a big under and it's a, it's a big hole to climb out of. And it's, it's just a different deal. Um I'm still going over. I've I've got them 12 and five.
2: That's I exactly a, what I've got them. It's a really going good football well. team. Yeah.
1: And, uh, and, and I, I'm not afraid of going. I think it's going to take an injury, by the way. I think it would absolutely take I'd, an injury for them to not, not go over.
2: I think so as well. At Dable and McDermott, that combination has, has been outstanding for three years now. Uh, they are really, really good. Yes. And, and while I'm curious which Josh Allen we're actually going to get, I do think that he has matured enough. He has advanced. He has developed enough.
1: Well, I don't think Josh Allen's going to regress I, as a quarterback.
2: Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. I agree. I, he played so well last year. Like, we've also seen guys that regress a little bit because defense has figured them out. Right. Well, this well, the what, issue is what how is he, he played last have an year.
1: Offense that has anybody to figure out. It's not like he. I guess he does run a lot, yeah. but he's done that for a while. The reason he's able to run, this is not a Carson Wentz situation where he got figured out. This is not a, 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 uh hurt situation where he's very limited. Those guys are limited in what they can do in the passing game, which is why defensive scheming can figure those guys out. The reason he's able to run is because he has this strongest arm in the NFL. Yes. and, and, He gets to run because all of your DBs are 30 yards behind the line of scrimmage. And all he has to do is get by a linebacker and he's got 15 yards. He can run for before the, the DBs that were running backwards now have to start running forwards. Okay. It's a, it's a schematic thing to where if you, if you're not covering deep, he's going to take the top off the defense. If you do cover deep and he scrambles away, it's not for three yards or five yards and then he gives out a bounce or he gets tackled. It it's for big gashing plays because of the style of because his ability to throw the football is that dangerous. Um I think they're really good. I th- I think they're really good. I I don't think he's going to regress as a quarterback. The the five and one, one score games, that just doesn't stay steady year in, year out. It doesn't. And the the same with injuries. The ball bounces a weird way all the time. Yes. And then, and then the injury part that scares the hell out of me. You got a team that was completely healthy an entire season, and now they're going to try to go run it back with an extra game on top of it. It's worrisome. It's just, and, and I know there's no like, there's no science behind this. There's no lot. I just watch football for a really long time. Teams don't stay healthy two, three years in a row. They just
2: don't. No, no, you're right about that. I I have them going over as well. Let's move on from there. And we are going to talk about the Miami Dolphins. Now, nine and a half is the win total odds, of course, by betus.com. Go check them out over there. Uh, To go over is even, like plus 100. So, you get your money back, plus, like, you just double your money. Uh, To go under is minus 130. They are number two. Uh, For the odds in the division, plus 300. To win the AFC is plus 1,600. To make the playoffs, yes is plus 125. No is minus 155. So they are more likely to miss this year. They are projected favorites in eight games. Now remember, the win total is 9.5. They are projected favorites in eight. And the projected strength of schedule based on the opponent's uh, win totals this year is number 10, the 10th hardest schedule. However, if you look at the schedule, which sets up fairly well if you look at it Uh, per all the analytic sites and whatnot they have the fourth easiest expected schedule Uh, they've only got one road game between November 1st and December 26th that is going to help towards the end of the season I think the win total for them has gone over in three of the last five years obviously uh, coach is doing a fantastic job down there I mean it just has for ever and ever 2019 was a push 2017 was an under but here we go Uh, the Dolphins played uh, more rookies than any other team in 2020 which I think is why they were comfortable with letting go of a lot of people this offseason. Now, they, they still got to figure out the Xavier and Howard situation, all that kind of stuff. But uh, Tua, three offensive linemen, like all those kind of rookies played a lot last year. And I think that will pay dividends this season. The offense drafted Jalen Waddle. They signed Will Fuller. They got injured guys back this year to go along with Devontae Parker on the offense. The offense is going to look completely different. They are going to have weapons. They're going to have... Guys that can actually stretch the field, that can do a lot of things, right? You're not just going to have the one workhorse. The defense led the NFL in EPA from turnovers last year. They forced the most turnovers, but um, they, they only were number 24 in opponents yard per play. That's not a good defense. That is a defense that got lucky with turnovers. Like, yes, you can force turnovers. You can be aggressive and all that, but that that's not a guarantee so while the defense did look good as far as keeping scores low and all that a lot of it should regress back to back to regular this season um they the defense has been overhauled this year and and like i said they maybe were not as good as initially thought like if you're good at forcing turnovers that's one thing i do like this team but i also think that like, while it's the fourth easiest expected schedule and they've only got the one road game, you know, in November, December, I, I've i got them going under here, under the nine and a half. I think it's going to take some time for all of these pieces to be able to gel and for everything to go right, especially against the schedule that they're playing. Uh, while, while they've got only one road game in November, December, that does mean September and October are going to be really difficult. And if you get off to a... A slow start with a young team, it can be tough to pull out of that. I got them going under. What What say you?
1: Yeah, I got them going under as well. I got this team going 9-8. and eight. Um, And that's, that's very iffy. I think the, there's a world where the wheels could come off. I need to see this offense. I need to see what this offense looks like. And if they're limited, I think it's going to be tough. If they're not and they're able to move. Now, all this... Say the same thing I said with the Eagles. Uh if this is the team that makes a move for Deshaun Watson because this is where he allegedly wanted to go more yes. than anywhere else, then you throw all this shit away. You yeah. throw all the if you put Watson behind this football team, then everything goes away. This football team is worlds better than that Eagles team. Like not even close. And and I I just think you just gotta throw it all away and assume they're going to make the playoffs they're going to they're going to make a, a hell of a push to win the damn division I, I, you know yeah. now now they're now they're big contenders and you just the numbers going to change drastically if you think there's a world that might happen you can go get a, go ahead and start getting some tickets on on some overs and things of that nature but um i i would rather wait and see uh if that happens before I was to do that or not but anyway neither here nor there um i think this team is kind of going to Wander around 500 for a while, and, and you can't be 500 now with 17 games. But they're going to be in that nine and eight, eight and nine realm until something something big happens. We either need to see Tua make a make a step and 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 perform the way everyone expects him to perform, or them make a move and get somebody who can do that. Yes, yes. Uh, no no Fitzpatrick this season. There's nothing to oh, bail out Tua. That's it. Like, that's the well. I mean. They got Jacoby, but I mean Jacoby and Tua gotta be the same guy right now. Right now. Tua could be all worlds better than him. We gotta see it though. We hadn't seen that.
2: That's that's the reason why I don't want to take this over, is I need to see Tua in an NFL game look like he knows what's going on. Right? That's it. Like he was still really rusty last year, coming off an injury. Like it was kind of amazing that he even played last year. But I still don't know what that meant. Like, is this season really going to be the first season? And if that's the case, is he still getting acclimated to NFL defenses? Like, is he... I'm just curious. He's got weapons. You know, you got Jalen Waddell. You got Will Fuller. You got Devontae Parker. You know, God willing, all of those guys stay healthy. You got weapons. You got an offensive line that you can trust.
1: Uh, Okay, you know, let us see it. You got defenses that are going to keep you in games. You're not going to be you're not going to be playing from behind all the damn time. Yeah. Okay. And if you are behind, it's a score or two. Like it's not. Yes. It's not going to be big because the defense is going to keep you in them. Like this is the thing. He's got all the benefits of everything he needs.
2: Yes. So so let's see it. Let's see it. But I, as of right now, I, I made be the bet today.
1: Team that's in. I know there's a team that's in my division. One of the teams that I love. I really would love to see Watson land here because I think this team could win the Super Bowl. I, I tend to agree. I mean, that could be I, I a, a Brady-the-Bucks to the Bucks the, situation. I think they go from struggling to make a playoff spot, a wild-card spot, to being a Super Bowl contender. That's the difference that yeah. Watson brings to this offense. I, this
2: I do think team. if Tua comes out and shows, hey, I've been working this entire offseason, I am already gelling with these wide receivers, you know, everything's hunky-dory, I mean, I could see them playing really, really well because it's a really well-coached oh, yeah. team. yeah. But, again, like you said, I got to see it first. So, we're both going under uh, 9.5 at minus 130, right? Yep. Under 9.5. That moves us to the New England Patriots. I know that you were going to have some stuff to say about this. So, let me go ahead and start off with this. Obviously, the odds brought to you by BetUS.com. The 9.5 win total to go over is minus 110. To go under is minus 120. So, they think it is more likely that they go under, but not by much. Uh, with that said, to win the division, plus 350, that is number three in the division. To win the AFC, plus 1600. To make the playoffs is yes at plus one uh, plus 110, excuse me, and no is minus 140. They are projected favorites in only seven games this year. Their projected strength of schedule is number 19. However... It's a kind of tough schedule. Like, you look at it, and there's some spots where, oh, man, they could make a run here. They could do this and that, da 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 da. But they have the worst rest differential in the NFL. Minus 15 games, they have got three teams on the schedule that are coming off buys. That doesn't usually happen. Uh, for whatever reason, they got loaded down with teams that are coming off of extra rest this year. Uh, it's, it's a lot. I mean, it's just a ton. 2020 was their first win total under in 11 years. Uh, they spent $160 million in guaranteed money in free agency, and they kind of overhauled the roster. However, they, they only signed one wide receiver. They traded for another one. So the skill position, still a little, little iffy. Now, they did bring in some pass-catching tight ends, John U. Smith and Hunter Henry. That's going to be big-time additions. Uh, several opt-out guys coming back in this year. The defense brought in uh, Matt Judon and Devin uh, Gacho, Um or gotcho, excuse me. Uh, they brought in Mills. They brought in Van Noy again. Uh, the passing game looks better with Mac Jones. Uh, Cam Newton should be healthy this year, so whoever wins that, I would hope it is improved over what they had last season. And you know, I mean, they've got they got options on offense now. The run defense was the Achilles' heel last year, but you know they got guys that are opting back in this year. The new additions, you know, Judon and Gacho, it, that should fix that issue. Uh, I mean, Belichick found a way to win seven games with that trash roster last year. Like, everybody talks about, oh, they, they were down, they
1: were down. Okay, yeah, but... They, they had the most money tied up in guys that opted out. They had the yes. most talent that opted out of anybody in the league, and I think Bill encouraged it.
2: I, I think so, too. I think they are going to be really, really good this year yep. because Bill be Belichick, different. with that garbage roster last year, found a way to win seven games with a Cam Newton that couldn't even throw. Like, that's ridiculous. The amount of opt-outs that he had on defense, everything that was going on, they still won seven games. And it was a tough schedule last year. This year, they have a little bit of an easier schedule. And while the rest differential is one thing, if you're a better team, it shouldn't matter, right? So
1: The rest differential, it, it's, it's a pain in the ass to deal with as a team, as a franchise. But realistically, teams are 500 coming off of bye weeks, you know, for the most part, across the league. Um, and then, and then also like against the spread, they're about 500. So, yeah. like, it, 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 it doesn't it to difference. not matter one way or the other. Some guys are unbelievable coming off of buys, but then there are other teams that are just bad all the time. And so, those things, those guys that are unbelievable are also really good all the, Like, they, they win 12, 13 games all of the time. So, coming off of a buy is no different than every other week for them. The teams that lose all the time lose all the time, no matter if they get the buy or not. And the teams that are in the middle, it's about five hundred if they win after their buy or not. So I don't, I don't know. Like it's an interesting thing to look at, but I don't know that it equates to anything that actually changes anything on the field outside of they're going to play teams that are more rested than them. But that didn't always, it didn't, didn't always matter. Always. Yeah, don't always yeah. matter. I, so I, I
2: think this team. I'm going over the nine and a half, by the way. Let me go on and say that at minus oh, yeah, 110. Yeah. I've got them making the playoffs at plus 110. Uh, I think they could absolutely fight for this division. And everything that I have heard out of training camp, these guys want Mac Jones to be the
1: quarterback. Like, uh, no, the, 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 you're, reading, you're reading Alabama stuff, Gary. That's, uh, it's Andrew already, Smith it's and already and been named that Cam's going to be the starting. In the last two weeks of camp, Cam has looked better than Cam has ever looked in a Patriot uniform. So, okay. Like, he's, he's gotten this offense down. His throws look way – like, the the selected things that get put out on Twitter that, that you know, where guys have an errant throw and then another guy has a great throw looking at the same route, they both run that route like ten times, all right? And, and both of them had times where they missed real bad and both of them had times where they looked really good. So, what gets put out on Twitter is just what gets put out on Twitter. All right, okay. that's that's just a different world. Right, so um, you're you're it's, seeing
2: something different. You think like Cam Newton is? Well, that's because
1: I listen to Patriots news. I don't listen to <laughs> Alabama news, Gary. You follow Alabama guys, and I follow Patriot guys. That's the difference. Okay. Um, it, 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 not that Mac Jones won't take this job, and not that Cam won't play poorly. Okay, but as of right now, Cam's already been given the job. That's done. We're recording this Sunday night, Tuesday. You know, Sunday, Sunday night, August first going to come yep. out. August second, um he's already been given the job. He's, he's from what they've seen in camp. He's the starter. And this is not a Andy Dalton's our starter. He's a placeholder starter for a little bit of time. Bill doesn't do that shit. Yeah. Everyone in the world knows Bill doesn't play games at the starting position of quarterback. All right. I think he believes cam gives them the best opportunity to win. If you watch cam Newton's first three games last year, before he got COVID basically, and particularly in the shootout loss, uh, in Seattle last year, how good he played, how unbelievable he carried that team and how great he played.
2: Even in a loss, we were talking about him in the MVP conversation.
1: That's that's exactly yeah. right, by the way. With a trash football team, trash football team, they are significantly more talented now. They got all their COVID back. The, the, the one caveat that has to be figured out, the most important piece of them all is Stefan Gilmore. That, that has yeah. to be figured out they got to figure out his money and they got to get him paid if stefan walks his defense hurts massively like that's a that's a huge hole and that matters stefan shows up i i i just trust josh i trust bill they've i think they've earned the right for this trust by the way for for it to be a situation where whoever the starting quarterback is i believe is going to give them the best shot to win that game Okay. I can believe it. So, that. it doesn't matter to me which one is starting. I don't know that I would change a point spread depending on who was starting. I don't know that I would change the number at all. This is an organization that I've seen earn the right to, to, to be trusted until proven otherwise. Okay.
2: Is, this, uh, is this Ernie's last season? It's Ernie, Ernie's,
1: right? Ernie's done. I think Ernie retired.
2: Oh, so, so he's not even dealing with this season. I don't think
1: season. Ernie's there this year. I think Ernie retired in the offseason. Now, I might be wrong. This might be Ernie's last season.
2: That's, I know it was his last draft. I didn't know if it was the last yeah. season.
1: I don't dumb. know, and he's still going to be there for consulting and stuff like that. He's yeah. just not going to, you know, he's not going to be an everyday part of the team. Um, it's, I mean, this is this is all heart, no, no head. But I, I think this team won seven games. Their head, their quarterback, got COVID last year, and then significantly fell off and just did not look right the rest of the year. Said he couldn't catch his breath. Said he couldn't catch his lungs. That that affects everything about your play. You know, so they obviously know Cam's not the future. So they go out and they draft a quarterback. But this is not an organization that ever wants to hand the keys to you know to a twenty year old. Like they 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 would like an adult in the room to 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 drive this ship. Um, I I do think Cam right now today gives them the best chance to win. But but once again, I just trust the front office. I think this defense this defense got five guys back from COVID protocol that that opted out last year. And those weren't five scrubs. Well, they got four guys back, and one guy retired. But like, start that's not start that's quality. not big, And then that's not including the signings that they made. They're gonna run their offense the way Bills always want to run his offense, which is through the running back situation and through the tight ends. Bills never put value at the wide receiver position ever, ever. One time he went out and got Randy Moss. Once. That's it. And he only had he to pay likes- third
2: rounder for it. So. He
1: likes he likes slot guys and he likes big tight ends because of the matchup problem. That's it. There's there's nobody big enough to guard them that's fast enough to guard them, and that's that's what he wants. To, he feels like I can all if he's got both those guys healthy, and a a running back that can catch the football out of the backfield. There's there's no time where he doesn't feel like he can get a first down. You know. Yes. And that's that's just the offense he's wanted to run his entire life, and with that, you're not you don't need a Josh Allen. You don't need somebody. Now it's fun, and I'd like to have somebody who can throw the ball forty yards down the field. And I'd like to have somebody who can go down and catch a forty yard bomb. It just ain't gonna happen a lot. This yeah. is not this is not what he wants to do. He but wants to you, control the screen. He wants to play the game like Army. Yeah,
2: if you want if you want to look at the NFL uh, all time best offenses, most efficient offenses, whatever. All of them have great pass catching tight ends. Uh, All of them. So if you run it. He's
1: the only one that ever had two to begin with, by the way. Yes. Yes. You're right. And he didn't get to see that to fruition because one of them ended up being a homicidal
2: maniac. Yes. Yes, indeed. Let's close out with the New York Jets. Now, last year was not good. Obviously, Adam Gase is gone. The, uh, the win total, the odds and whatnot, brought to you by BetUS.com. Go check out your odds there. Six and a half is the win total this year for Robert Sala. To go over, plus 130. To go under is minus 160 to win the division. Dead last, plus 2,000 to win the AFC. Way, 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 way down. Plus 6,600 to make the playoffs. They are plus 450. To not make the playoffs is minus 750. They are projected favorites in only four games. They are projected strength of schedule based on the uh, opponent's win totals this season, is number 16. So right dead in the middle. The win total has gone under in four of the last five years for them. 2017 was a push, so they they have not gone over in five straight seasons. Uh, the only way for the offense to go is up. They were dead last in basically everything last year. I mean, it was awful. Uh, quarterback Zach Wilson has got weapons this year. They got Crowder, Mims, uh, Elijah Moore, Corey Davis signed up. I mean, they they got dudes they got guys that should be efficient. But, um, you know, the question is, what Zach Wilson are we going to get? Like, in 2019, he had 11 uh, interceptions and 9, or sorry, 11 touchdowns and 9 interceptions. Is he that guy, or is he the guy that showed up last season? You know, it was a significantly easier schedule for BYU last year, and he looked great. Like, he looks like a, a Patrick Mahomes clone, right? But he, which, which one are we going to get, right? Do the Jets have an offensive line that can protect him? Maybe. At, you know, who knows? The defense brought in Sheldon Rankin and Carl Lawson to uh, to pair with Keenan Williams. And I think that's going to help the defensive line. They don't have... This is a team that's, that needs a lot. I mean, just needs a whole lot. The secondary is still a mess. But um, I don't know if you get a pass rush. Like, they should be okay, I guess. Uh, I've got them going under the 6.5 until I see... Some semblance of continuity, some semblance of team chemistry that's being built here, and and it hasn't happened yet. It hadn't happened for years. So until I see a uh, win total actually go over with them, I'm going to bet the under. Uh, even even here, like I, I've got them winning four games, and I I don't know that they'll win four games.
1: Like I, see, I got them significantly better than that, but I mean I don't have them going over. I got them six and ten. I got them right at the number. Um, it's six, six six and eleven. Half. I can't get them over. Yeah, yeah. six and eleven. Yeah. yeah. Sorry.
2: Yep. I'm, so I'm. I'm four and thirteen. Uh, you know, at, to, to not make the playoffs is minus seven fifty. Uh, I mean, do you believe in in Salah? Like, you think he can do good things there? Uh,
1: I think it'll take time, but yeah, I think I think Salah. I don't want to compare him immediately to Brian Flores, but I think Salah going to come in and bring a culture. Okay, I think Salah is going to walk in. up the door, and I think these guys are going to reason for Brian Flores, which is addition by subtraction. Adam Gates got thrown out the damn window. So with nobody sitting in the chair, you're significantly better. Yes. I think you bring in a a guy that's a tough, hard-nosed defensive guy. It's almost like they saw what happened to Miami and said we got to do what Miami did. We can't bring another offensive guy in. We need somebody who's going to come in and make this team tough. That's defensive guys, not offensive guys. I don't need a brainiac to walk in here kind of need a meathead, and and they went and got a guy who brought in an offensive play caller that's going to run a Kyle Shanahan-style zone-blocking scheme, um, which is strange. I'm really curious, can this team run the football, um, and what will that look like? Uh, but I, I think they will be significantly more improved than they were over the last couple of years under Adam Gase. I, I think, think Saul so. was that big of an improvement from them. I, I also think Zach Wilson is a much bigger improvement than than Sam Darnold was. I mean, I, I just do. Yeah, I the the Zach Wilson thing.
2: I don't know who I'm going to get because his junior season, like he he wasn't that great when he played against good teams, right? And he's going to play a lot of good defenses he in the have NFL. An
1: opportunity to play against a lot of good teams. The rest of his team wasn't that good against good teams either, though Gary. Well, but like it's not like he had Elijah Moore on his on his wide receivers out there. Okay, uh, agreed. Agreed. Like he had other twenty eight year old Mormons that were white guys running, you know, catching his passes.
2: Yes, Uh, yes, I'm with you. I I I see what you're what you're saying here. Um, You know, they
1: like his skill players here are significantly better than his skill players were at BYU. His offensive yes. line is substantially worse. His skill players are far better.
2: Yes. Yes. Very much so. Skill players, much better. They, they lost big to Utah that season. They beat Tennessee that year. They lost to Washington. They beat USC. Like, they, they had some good things. They lost to Toledo that year. Um, they lost to South Florida. Like, it, you know, 2019 was not great. I'm just I'm just curious. You know, I, I don't know what we're going to see there. I, I could, I could have total optimism, or
1: I would, I would like know. to bring up Drew Brees' this senior year and junior year at Purdue, and let's see how good of an NFL quarterback he's going to be based on looking at what he did at Purdue. Right. But like, what are we talking about? Like you're, John Elway at Stanford. Like what? How, how great were? How great were those years? I I see where you're coming from, but. What did they look like when they played good football teams? What do he look like when they played USC? Uh, I bet not, it wasn't pretty good. I bet it wasn't pretty. No. No,
2: probably not. I just think that's a foolish way to do this. You, you might be right, but that's why I'm questioning. I'm not saying that he's not going to be good. I'm saying I don't know. I don't know if he's going to be good. We've he's going to be tossed out into the fire, though.
1: seen guys come from small schools be great quarterbacks for a long time. Yes. A long, long time. Yes. If Russell Wilson never makes the trek to Wisconsin— Russell Wilson still the guy that he is today. Wisconsin didn't make him that. Okay. That's who he is. That's what he was. So go look at his junior year at college at, at North Carolina State. And then tell me that guy's not prepared to be an NFL quarterback. Yeah. I, you just okay. can't you just can't do that. Okay. okay I, I think I, hang on. If he's not good, it has nothing to do with how good or bad he was at BYU. Yeah, okay? agree. Like, Agreed. Baron, lies the issue is what you're trying to compare and look at has nothing to do with what what's actually happening. Agreed. I, I think that's a fool's errand. I think, it, so the reason that I
2: have, and no, you're right. You're right. You're 100% right. I
1: mean, do you see what I'm saying, though? Yes, like, yes, yes. I used like, to, before big-time college football, Alabamas and LSUs and Ohio states went to just these, crazy all basically the big 12 offenses. Okay. Yes. Well, before the brunt of college football went to that, I, I always wanted my quarterbacks to come from smaller schools because I thought, oh, this guy played under a not great offensive line and not great wide receivers and was still able to win football games. Yes. But if you came from Alabama, there's a reason that zero Alabama quarterbacks have ever been great in the NFL outside of Joe Namath. And and he was great way after he left Alabama. Like th- this is the issue is because you have everything given to you at these big schools, then you get into the NFL where you don't have anything given to you, you go to a shitty team, and it's like, "Oh, I'm not good at football unless the team I have around me is great." Yeah. Well, that's tough. Like this is, this, I used to want guys that only came from small schools or that struggled to fight for their jobs because I thought they know the grind. I yep. don't think that the, the quarterbacks, now, we live in a, this was, remember, this was 10 years ago, all right? Today's, you're, you're running pro style offenses in high school. These guys, by the time they get through college, the premier guys, they're so polished. It's 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 not it's apples and oranges to what it used to be. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But there was a day and a time where I liked guys that had a chip on their shoulder because they came from small schools and were doubted. All right. Yeah. Yeah. So Absolutely. I don't think that the small school has anything. To do. I just want to look at your skill set. I look at Zach Wilson's skill set and I said he has everything he takes to be good. I didn't see that at Carson Wentz and I didn't see that in uh, Jared Goff. Okay. Now I was right about golf, I think, and I was right about Wentz, I believe. I, I might be wrong about 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 a uh, uh, Wilson, but we'll see. Exactly, and that that's my whole point. We'll see. We'll see what we
2: get because none of these guys are surefire home runs immediately. Like nobody knew uh, okay, that Patrick Mahomes uh, yeah, was was going to be what he turned into. But either way, uh, that is going to wrap up the AFC East. Who you got winning the division?
1: I'm gonna go with the Patriots. I do. I, I know everyone's gonna say it's a homer pick. It's a bullshit pick, and everybody's gonna laugh at it and crap on it, and they're all gonna bring the Miami crap up and everything else. I'm not crapping on it. I I absolutely think it's gonna be a dog fight this year between the Patriots and the Bills. I yes. really believe. Now, if Watson gets thrown in the mix, I think you blow the whole thing up. I think Miami can run away with it. Yes. I, that might be stupid of me. I just really like Watson that much.
2: I, I agree with you. I, I like that. I I'm gonna go with the Bills. Uh, I think it's you know it's a safe pick for right now. But could I it see it? It is a it? safe pick,
1: but like, I'll tell you this: I, I I'll take the plus three fifty over over is. the what plus one twenty five yeah. for the Bills and,
2: and Patriots to make the playoffs plus one ten. So I'm not talking about ma- making. Oh the no, play, I know a, you're uh, talking about winning the division, division uh, but I'm I'm saying just to make the playoffs, even as a wild card, the Patriots are plus one ten to make yeah, the you playoffs. Lots of
1: Money on that, yeah. Yeah, but but I'm talking. I'll take I'll take. I think it's that close of a race that I'll take the plus three fifty over whatever the small number is for the Bills.
2: I like it. Alright, with that said, we are going to go ahead and get out of here. Thank you to BetUS.com, presenting sponsor. Go check out their odds. They have got division winners, conference winners, uh, defensive player of the year. Like, all, all kinds of different stuff over there. So, go and check it out. BetUS.com. There is a link in the description to go and check that out. You can also find our college football show uh, over at sbrpicks.com slash NCAAF. And... You can fo- uh, go find it on YouTube, SBR Picks over there. Just go search for it. Very easy to do. And the website, of course. Anywhere that you need to follow, subscribe, whatever. Uh, make sure that you are subscribed to the podcast. That helps us out a ton. And leave a nice five-star review. Share the show out, all that good stuff over at winningcureseverything.com. Chris, anything else we need to hit? It's there, it, brother. This is a long one, but this is a fun one. So, we are going to go ahead and get out of here. You guys take care of yourself. Take care of each other. And hopefully, all of your tickets cash this week. Thanks for checking out Winning Cures Everything. If you want to keep up with us, hit subscribe on YouTube or your favorite podcast app, visit the website at winningcureseverything.com, or you can like us on Facebook or follow us at winningcures, at GaryWCE, or at Giannini on Twitter. Share out the show, leave a nice review, and make sure to comment and tweet at us.
3: This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine,